Hi, my name's Emily and this is Emily's Escape Pod. I'm very excited today because not only is it my first episode, but I get to speak to Seth Wolfston of Hourglass Escapes. Um, full disclosure, I have played two of his rooms and they are amazing. So if anyone wants to go and check out his rooms, go to hourglassescapes.com. You won't be disappointed. Uh, and with that, let's get on with the interview. Hello, Seth. Hey, how's it going, Emily? How you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad at all. Um, thanks for agreeing to do the interview today. Um, uh, yeah, I, I have to say I am beyond thrilled to be asked to do this and to be your first uh, person on here. Uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, I mean, I, I am so excited for this. So thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Uh, I do appreciate <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, to be honest, I've been um, a little bit overwhelmed with the response I've had for the podcast. So, um, yeah, hopefully there'll be many more exciting episodes to come. Um, so, so uh, Seth, for people listening at home, can you give a brief description of your escape rooms um, and what they can expect when they come to play? So we have three games right now. Um, we have our in-person games. I'll go through those real quick. So we have Rise of the Mad Pharaoh, which normally uh, plays more than five people, but due to COVID restrictions in Seattle and some safety rules uh, that we're following, um, that particular game right now is five players, not more, not less, um, because of some reasons in the game. Um, but that one is kind of – it's been equated to – the room uh, phone game because of the big sarcophagus and it's ma- many hidden layers and puzzles. Um, and that one you get to play characters when you enter the room uh, and those characters have some outside information that they're given for the game. Uh, we have our Tales of the Ghostly Galleon, which we just, I'm really excited. So if you've ever heard the podcast, Welcome to Night Vale, we got Cecil Baldwin, who is the voice of Welcome to Night Vale, is our narrator in that game. Uh, I, he, and I cannot express how nice of a guy he is. Uh, for someone who is so well-known and well-beloved, it is all well-deserved. He, he's a super great guy, and he is our pirate intro and outro guy, uh, and that is a pretty fun game. It, uh, again, right now, in person, it can only play up to five people. Uh, I think we have that set at three to five because it is one of our more challenging rooms, but it's also our silliest room. And then finally, uh, and we do have a remote version of that, which plays up to six, uh, and you get a player pack, uh, which is on our website. Um, I know that sounds like a plug, but it's not, it's just, it's on the website, and it's got like funny costume ideas, uh, drink recipes, mocktails, cocktails, um, pirate terms, and some other fun stuff. And, um, the costume ideas are my favorite. You just have to go check them out because uh, it goes a little off the rails as you get to the last one because uh, we wanted all our remote games to be an event, uh, whether it's from the moment you book to the moment you're, till you're leaving. We, want, we, we added a bunch of things. And then finally, my Evil Dead 2 officially licensed escape room, uh, which I am very proud of. Uh, we have the in-person version that... Uh, normally plays up to six and each person is a different character uh the player pack for that online gives you the costume ideas the reason you're actually coming here as the character uh to join the ghost hunting team uh and then for the online game it has cocktails mocktails um and there's some other fun stuff we threw in there uh oh and all our zoom our remote games have zoom backgrounds you can download uh so for like uh you can actually have a pirate ship background um and 
believe it or not, we get quite a few people dressing up in costume in our space in person. Online, we get, I'd say about 30 to 40% of the people uh, dress up. And I have to do a shout out to um, Heiner and, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on, on his group's uh, names. Um, but they always show up in costume. And a lot of them are escape room owners or reviewers. But they, they go all out. Oh, my God. They make me laugh so much every time they play. Uh, and one of the guys even got a live parrot background for his Zoom with his <laughs> costume. And it just it totally made my day on the uh, uh, on our Ghostly Galleon one. Um, but uh, then on our Evil Dead game, we have uh, your the avatar you work with is a character. So they're not passive. They're not like, where do I go now? I'm a robot. Open lock. Because uh, that's not kind of as fun as if it's a character. So in Evil Dead, they meet Shemp, who fans of Evil Dead know the, what a Shemp is. Uh, if you don't know what it is, I'm going to make you go look it up. Um, but the character you interact with is part of your crew and makes the event hopefully a lot more fun and more of a night out without having to leave. So. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it is a it is a really good time. Um, I know that I played it with uh, people with a couple of friends who haven't really done or they haven't done any escape rooms in person yet, um, and that they're really looking forward to when lockdown ends and they can uh, play escape rooms in person. But yeah, it's it, the attention to detail in the uh, Evil Dead room is amazing. Um, how how did you get that level of detail in and um how has your um experience working i know you've worked in um special effects um yep. so how how did that how did that help so my background make a short story long is i started out in makeup effects uh when i was in high school in philadelphia area uh and very quickly met some really amazing people that I apprenticed under um, who all had the attitude of always helping people. And that, that was, that, it just, I don't know, that gave me my work ethic as well. Um, so I eventually worked in Universal Studios Orlando um, in their animatronic and scenic department. And I made wax figures and did all, did all this stuff. So when we did Evil Dead, I, wanted a level of detail that you see in the theme park queue lines or in the rides where there's like little details like in every in a lot of the puzzles in Evil Dead 2 um, there's like little nods to the movie and easter eggs hidden within the artwork that super fans may not even notice whether it's a brand of something in the background that actually is was in the movie but it was just like a weird background item or the pattern on a fabric um, we wanted everything to be uh, so high detailed that it never looked like we just threw it in there. Like there is a miniature of the cabin built into an item that makes sense within the game and I don't want to ruin it, but it's like when people see that and they notice it, they're like, oh my God, that is so cool that you did that. Um, and I just had a really good team help us with that because um, I couldn't do it all myself. Uh, I couldn't do nearly all of it. Uh, so we, we were lucky enough to get some great sculptors to help us recreate things as close as possible, whether it is the cabin itself, uh, the clock in the cabin, we were able to kind of recreate 
Um, I mean, we, we found the same tape recorder that was in the movie, the same chainsaw. You know, we, we just, I'm a super fan and I'm, and I'm a, a dork about it. And I, it's got to be perfect uh, because I wanted people to actually love it. Uh, and, the, and the studio, the movie studio demands that as well, which is great uh, and why I like them so much. Yeah, it is, it is a beautiful room. Um, so um, how did you go from working um, uh, special effects to owning escape rooms? Well, I had moved, I've, I've lived all over the East Coast and then um, about 2007, um, I was kind of burned out. I, was, I had been in the medical prosthetics field for a while at that point, making fake fingers and feet and stuff for medical patients. And I emailed a company out here in Washington that did surgical simulators and they just happened to lose an employee that month and were hiring. Uh, so I came out here and I'd been here for since then. And I guess it was 2015, I played a room in Washington um, and it was a lot of fun. But this is still when I believe from what I had seen, they were still kind of homemade. It might've even been 2014. It was right at the very, very beginning of escape rooms. And it was one of the first in Washington. There was a few here at the time. And I'm like, okay, this is a lot of fun, but I think I could make something that's a little fancier. And I came up with an idea and I called in every favor I know in the film industry and some of the local prop people. And uh, we put together a, this Rise of the Mad Pharaoh for almost no money that probably nowadays would have been a, just a, the main sarcophagus would have been like 30 or 40 grand to have it made nowadays. But we were able to just do it ourselves with our, just some talent, talented friends. And uh, that's how we got started. All right, so where did you get the ideas for, I know you said about the idea for the for Evil Dead Dream, but how about the Ghostly Galleon? How did you come up with that idea? Because that's, that's a really puzzle heavy, a clever room. It's it's quite different to the Evil Dead room. Yeah. So all of our our rooms are a little bit different. Um, you know, my first room, which it get you know, Rise of the Mad Pharaoh, it still gets a lot of love. Um, but that was more of a physical interacting with one central prop. Um, Ghostly Galleon. I wanted something that. Uh, we could take places. And that actually, we have a portable version. Uh, it doesn't include the walls, but we do like, it's almost like we have multiple copies of it and teams race to win uh, for corporate events. But I wanted it, even if we could bring it somewhere, I wanted it to be very tactile. Uh, so when we designed it, every puzzle that we could, we wanted to have something that was tactile that people could hold, but all could fit inside a big chest. So it is a lot of boxes within boxes, but we wanted, the reason is we've, I've done corporate games before where it's all pen and paper. So we then translated that to the room itself and we built the pirate ship. I have a movie set builder uh, who built our Evil Dead room. He built the pirate ship in like seven days by himself in the middle of the night because he didn't want to disrupt our, our regular work and he, he's brilliant, uh, Regan McStravick. He's actually done a lot of bigger films. Um, so when we designed that, we just wanted every puzzle to be a different kind of puzzle. We were trying not to do any puzzles we did in our other game. Uh, and that was kind of, and we wanted something silly. Uh, and that's why it's the Banshee Buccaneer. There's a lot of funny, weird little 
side jokes and a little, you know, you everybody has to get sworn into the crew in a very funny, I state your name kind of thing. And um, we wanted to take that, but mix it with the art of the old pulp stuff. And that's where Tales of the Ghostly Galleon, we thought it was a very pop, uh, pulp kind of uh, novel name, kind of like Rise of the Mad Pharaoh. I love the old covers of like the old detective and horror magazines and stuff. So uh, that's where most of my ideas come from is just my, I've, I've had groups where it was a, a person in New York, another person on their team in Florida, another one in, I think it was Thailand in a host, in a youth hostel with their phone, like in this uh, small, tiny room. I mean, it was just like, they literally had people everywhere. Or um, I think it's Ross and his crew uh, and Lorna. I hope I remember all these people's names uh, that are in Scotland, I believe, that have played both of our games. And, uh, and then I get to catch up with them when they play the next one. It's, 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 it's fun. I feel like I've made friends all over the world. And uh, it, yeah, I, I don't know. It's been kind of a bonus as hard as, as bad as that sounds uh, for me to run these because I get to meet new people like you guys. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so with that, um, how, how have you changed your business uh, to get through the pandemic? Uh, both online and physic, uh, you know, physical games. Uh, what changes have you made, and what changes have you made, and what do you think you'll keep going forward? When the lockdown started, um, we decided. You know, we were pretty much. We already started deciding we we're going to lock down that day uh, and just close up uh, for my health and safety uh, and my employees' health and safety um, because of my immune suppression. I didn't expect to survive COVID if I got it, and I still don't um, because a, a transplant patients, I, I already unfortunately know a couple that have passed from COVID. Um, so my partners and I talked, we're like, okay, it's just, you know, it's not worth people getting sick over a game, so we're gonna close up um, and we'll see what happens. We figured it would only be a few weeks at the time. We on you know, this is before anyone in the States at least really started hearing about problems here you know so in a way yeah. hearing about yeah. it in other countries we're like well it's not here yet that's over there there's an ocean between us you know forgetting about airplanes and cruise ships and uh people uh so we closed up and i decided i'm gonna stay depressed in my one room apartment uh for a couple weeks and just did a really great job at depression uh which I know a lot of other escape room owners and just people in general did, because uh, it's devastating, because you don't know if you're gonna have money for food or if your businesses are gonna survive or your employees, what are they gonna do? Or is somebody gonna get sick? I mean, uh, but I will say, and this is where I have this overwhelming weight of gratitude towards the escape community and owners is Suddenly, I started seeing Rob uh, from Rock Ave start posting about Ready Mayor One, and he's like, hey, if anyone wants to know how to do this, reach out. I'll help you with this inventory system. This is the equipment I use. Thomas started the online escape room Facebook group for owners. Uh, I think I talked to Max is his name. Uh, I played one of his games, and then there was these two women in Canada that did this awesome webinar where they showed their equipment. and. Suddenly, I saw 
a light at the end of this tunnel. And it was because everybody in the escape room community and all the owners realized, hey, we need, we're in this together because if we can build up this new format, we, it, it might save some businesses. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a level of gratitude towards those people because, you know, we would be shut down by now if it wasn't for them. We, we wouldn't be up and running. Um, and that's when I just started, we're like, okay, well, evil dead work. And then we just kind of set a certain parameters for if we're going to do it, how it would have to be. And then we kind of went from there. It's, it's been a scary time for everyone. Um, and I think I, I found uh, online escape rooms a really good place to uh, a really good place to kind of let off steam. Um, yeah. We've been doing, I've been doing sort of like Zoom meetings with my friends, um, but it's, you know, drinking tea or having a gin and having a bit of a chat. But actually meeting up to do an escape room is, is actually been like something to do when you're stuck at home but you're with your friends yeah. uh, so that's it's been like quite a nice I think for everybody I mean anyone who likes escape rooms um it, it, it's been there so I yeah. think the escape room industry has helped a lot of people so sort of coming out of out of the pandemic now do you think you'll keep any of the uh, video escape rooms running um well I mean now I mean I'm gonna be con uh I, I don't think we're coming out of the pandemic I mean to be honest um, so we are hopefully if it will work our rise of the mad pharaoh will make a remote version of that we we are allowed to run the evil dead through the end of the year that's when we lose the remote license we have the in-person license yeah. but and they may extend it I mean uh, the people we work with at the movie studio are amazing and I, I they, they actually care about the film they care about what we're doing um, and they've been great um, but yeah I think we're gonna keep doing it because you know, it brings in, you know, quite a bit of extra, you know, income and new customers and people who can't play. I mean, uh, we've already got like regulars now who've already played both games uh, like you guys did. Um, yeah. And it's kind of fun, even if I'm not running the other game, I always pop in because then I get to catch up with them. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's like, you know, I've made quite a few really nice new friends from just running games and chatting afterwards. Uh, it's been pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's been really eye-opening for me as well. Just seeing how people have had to be creative to keep things going. I yeah. that's part of the reason why I started the podcast. Um, so I wanted to get the stories out there of how people have had to sort of think out of the box or you know sort of reorganize their business really quickly uh, as well, like in a matter yeah. of like weeks sometimes, even less than that. Uh, to keep things yeah. going and you know it's you know like, like you said I don't think we're going to be out of this mess for a while um yeah and, and I think that's the positive side of what's going on is you know um I remember reading a lot of people talk about like when Star Wars was made that the reason it was so innovative and such a a, a groundbreaking film was because they had all these limitations. So they had to think their way around problems. They couldn't just throw CGI at it. And I feel like in a way right now, we've got all these escape rooms that are coming up with these amazing new ideas. Um, you know, uh, whether it's 
characters or new things like, you know, inventory systems or different kinds of games, things people can do from home to make the game more tactile. I mean, it's, it's been, uh, I, I think it's a push that the escape room industry needs to move us kind of forward in some way. Uh, so eventually we have new tools and maybe there's even some new hybrid games once this is all done. I think a few people, and something we're thinking about doing, uh, which I think is really cool, is say you come to play our Evil Dead room in person, we could hook a camera up to you and let one of your friends play with you. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. another country. And I think a few people are starting to do that uh, with you know in-person teams. And I'm like, wow, that is kind of awesome. Yeah, that would actually be really cool, especially because I sort of being stuck in the UK I say that stuck in the UK it's all right sure. <laughs> um but it would be nice to sort of see what other countries are doing yeah because I don't think anyone in the UK is doing quite what you're doing and then you know you can come and see what we're doing and you know just yeah yeah just being able to play with other you know like you said with the headset on that does sound like a lot of fun um at the moment are you just doing the video escape rooms or are you actually opening up to physical physical escape rooms as well we opened uh so washington state we got there's like phases um and we're in phase two right now where i'm at most of the state is in phase two there might be some phase three places um but even to open up physically um there's a lot of ambiguity so i was able to contact the governor's office and get some permission uh, from one of the the people that you deal with, I, I forget their name offhand, uh, said, yeah, as long as you follow these rules, you know, we can't have more than five people in a room. You've got to wear masks all the time. And there's like, you know, the list of rules. So we've, we only, we actually, it took us a little bit extra time to open than some other escape rooms because we built uh, a new enclosed control room for one of our game masters to keep them separated from other game masters for their safety. Um, so we, we just opened last week um and it's uh it's been pretty good i mean we've ha haven't had a huge amount of in-person customers but um you know we're it's just different there's a, there's new procedures now um you know to keep everybody healthy and safe did you find that people were happy to wear masks um sort of yeah. um well and my feelings on this may not be in line with a lot of other owners or enthusiasts, but um, my employees come and the guests and my health come before a dumb game. And I know it sounds, yeah. you know, yeah. these are my games, but they're still just games. So we make, you have to wear a mask while you're in our facility. Uh, some places I know across the country or the world are letting people take masks off in the room. The issue I have with that and why we do not allow people to take their masks off, and we'll even provide them with them, uh, for them if they don't have one, is if they take off their mask, sure, them and their family might be fine, but my game master has to go in there and clean when you're done, and not risking anyone's health um, because somebody didn't wanna wear a mask for you know an hour. So we've had a little bit of resistance, but overall, everybody's been pretty good. Like they'll pull the mask down under their nose and we have to call in and we just say, you know, we basically have a, you know, a two strike rule. The first time we're like, hey, don't forget your mask. Um, and there are instances where it's like kids and they just, it's like, 
we've had groups of kids where the mask starts to fall down. They don't think about it, but they always pull them up. Kids have been, honestly, people in their 20s and younger are the best. It's like, the, you know, the older guys usually who don't like the mask. Uh, and we just now it's like, we'll tell you a couple times you got to wear it. Um, but if they just like blatantly pull it out and put it in their pocket, we're just like, yeah, you got to go. I, I'm just um, now I realize there, the difference is I know if my business shuts down, I have a place to go. I have savings. I'm not going to starve. And I know that's not the same for everybody. Yeah. So yeah. I know some people are a little bit less, I don't know if it would be considered like uh, dismissive, but um, for me to feel this way, but again, it comes down to, I can't replace my employees who have been like, I, I, I can't imagine, I can't under like, express how grateful I am to my employees who in the middle of the night will send me an email saying, hey, what if we do this? This might bring in more business or make this game better. And they're, they're doing it because they've taken ownership. So I, I just, I don't want to risk their health by letting uh, people not wear masks the entire time they're here. We all wear masks and gloves whenever we're here with each other. Um, you know, usually we're ma wearing masks when we're here by ourselves. Um, just because we don't know how COVID spreads 100%. So yeah, I mean, to make a long story short, uh, most people are okay with it. We haven't had too much of an issue, um, but we're also, we're drawing a line. There is no, uh, there is no uh, excuse for not wearing a mask while you're here because we have the online games that people can play from home if they are unable to wear masks, you know. <laughs> It does sound really sensible. I, I work in healthcare and um, yeah, yeah, just wear a mask it's just for an hour. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm somebody who will die from it. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, yeah. and yeah, I just saw an article about someone I know in Florida, uh, this guy, John Place, who uh, I know him through the makeup effects world. He's like in a, on a ventilator in a hospital because his kid went out without a mask, got the entire family sick. Uh, and no one knows if he's going to make it. I've had other friends in some of the support, uh, transplant support groups I run uh, pass away from it. Um, I'm just not risking. Yeah. It's just not worth it. And, and I, I implore escape room owners, this isn't about personal choice. This right. is <laughs> about keeping our businesses open because if everybody would just wear a freaking mask and make their customers wear masks while they're in their building the entire time, you might stop one other person from getting it. And I think that's worth it. I mean, I, and I know, I know a few people who legit can't wear them um, yeah. or they have a uh, family with autism and there's a, a tactile issue with it. And I get that, but then yeah. you, you're not, you shouldn't be in my facility because I don't want the liability of you getting sick. Go, you know, and you should play one of our remote games. You know, you should do food delivery. If you are unable to wear a mask because of health condition, you, you need to be the one who should be more, you know, worried. And uh, yeah, I mean, and it's, I, I don't understand why it's become political. Um, you know, one death is too many. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's nice to have here someone with some common sense because on, well, my newsfeed is full of people who don't seem to have any. So I'm glad, <laughs> I'm, glad I'm not the only yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, of, but no, I, 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 but I reckon, yeah, but I and I but I, I I totally understand though why 
it's tough for some people with their yeah. business because they're, they need every dollar. Like mm -hmm. it's not lost on me that I am privileged where I do have a place to go if my business folds. I, I get that. Yeah. But my, my feeling is if everybody would just wear a freaking mask for like six weeks, every business would be open again. You're, you know, if, and, and, you know, Washington, I'm not going to be surprised in the next two weeks that everybody gets shut down again. And if everybody had just went, worn a mask, we wouldn't be shut down and not wearing a mask is killing small business. Coming up with excuses for not wearing a mask or social distancing. Those are the people that are killing small business. It's not the shutdowns, you know, but yeah, um, so, I'm just pissing so. people off. Right. <laughs> You're not, I don't think you, I don't think you will be. Um, uh, yeah. But uh, sort of, if you can look back, um, so sure. this is, a, this is a job interview question. Okay. Um, if you could look back over, you know, the past few months with everything that you've done, is there anything you sort of going back in hindsight that you would have done differently? And is there anything that you're like really pleased with? Like the one thing that you're really, really happy with? Um, I don't, I don't know if there's anything I, I would have done differently. That, that makes sense. Like there's a few things I wouldn't have bought to save some money. Uh, there's a few things as we were developing the remote games, we made some mistakes, but I think those mistakes actually gave us a better product. So I, I don't, there's nothing I would say that would change that. Um, and I, but I, and, and I think you, what was the second part of your question now? Um, what was the, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, no, you're what, fine. Um, what's the, what's the thing that you're most proud of that you've done in the last few months to keep, you know, to keep things going? I'm really, really proud of how Evil Dead 2 uh, yeah. sh shaped up with the remote game and that people are enjoying it. And like, we get a lot of, I mean, we, it's weird to get like, thank you emails afterwards or just people saying that, hey, thanks for letting us forget about the world burning outside our window, you know? And because uh, we've had groups that were playing from like in the middle of these protests, they're like, a block away from some of these protests in, in Minneapolis and other places and all this chaos is going on around them. And a lot of them are healthcare workers uh, too. And basically they're like, they just want to forget about things for an hour or two. Uh, so I'm really, I'm really, I'm, I'm genuinely proud of that. But I think I'm most proud, not so much of what we've done, but the industry, the enthusiasts, the owners, you know, all the game masters out there. I mean, I know a lot of escape rooms, it's just owners, but if, if, if your escape room as an owner, if you've got employees, man, you know, the, the, the level of gratitude towards them is immeasurable because it's our employees who are making or breaking our business right now, you know? So I, I would say that I'm just really proud of my employees. Uh, would be the, the, the thing I'm the proud of. and the other escape room owners helping with the, the remote stuff that I, I'm the most proud of. Oh, well, you look, it does sound like you've got a really good support system around you, which, yeah. which is helpful. Um, well, more than helpful. It's, I know, I know from personal experience, having a good support system, no matter what you're doing can make all the difference to whether you succeed or fail. Yeah. So, uh, last question. Well, not, it's not really a question. Um, can you say, can you just sell yourself? Why, 
why should people uh, play your play your get play your online game? Oh jeez, I don't know how to sell myself. Uh, you can do uh, it, sir. Oh jeez, I should probably get Shemp in here. Uh, you know, I, I think our Evil Dead Two. You know, we have we have two games. We have Tales of the Ghostly Galleon, which you, you know is our newest one, and it's more of a puzzly adventure, and you are interacting with the pirate, uh, the Banshee Buccaneer, and we give you all the tools in the player pack to channel your inner pirate, uh, whether it's making paper pirate hats or making some pirate themed drinks uh, or using the pirate lingo uh, or some of the you know other costume fun things we threw in for that. Um, and I, I think people are really starting to enjoy it. That's using um, one of the new uh, telescape, actually. I'm gonna plug Tom, Thomas. Uh, <laughs> that's using Thomas's uh, telescape inventory. Um, and, uh, but our Evil Dead game, you know, I, I, you know, I, with all our games, we, we want a reason why the player is at home and can't be here in person. So, you know, you, you know, in Tales of the Ghostly Galleon, they, you know, the, the players at home were using a drone, an undersea drone, and got sucked into this vortex. In Evil Dead, they are ghost hunters, but they shemped got himself stuck in the cabin. Um, and I think the difference between our games are you get player items that you even get to use from home. It is funny, engaging. Uh, the character you deal with that is your guide is not a lifeless robot avatar. He is part of your group. Um, he is as lovable as he is dumb. He sounds funny. So he, and he makes jokes the whole time at his own expense usually. And I think uh, it's one of, from what I've been told, I will say that, there's not a huge amount of nonlinear remote escape rooms. And I, f I feel like we've done a really good job. If you want to have six, up to six people all over the world playing a nonlinear remote escape room and have everybody feel like they're involved, um, I think this is one of the ones out there that can do that. Um, and you don't need to know Evil Dead, but if you like Evil Dead or uh, love it, there's a lot of fun little jokes that happen. Um, in the game that you'll get, that everybody else will just think it's the guy just making a regular comment, but you'll be able to giggle along with them. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if that sold it. I'm horrible at selling that kind of stuff. No, it's, um, I can testify, it's a really good game. Um, it's an excellent game, in fact. And um, if anyone listening has got time to play it, uh, they should definitely check it out. Um, so yeah, that's me selling it for you, sir. <laughs> oh, I could sell other people's games, but not my own. It's it's yeah. Thanks very much for talking talking to me today, sir. Oh, it's uh, been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. I've uh, I've really enjoyed it. Um, if anybody wants to check out Seth's escape rooms, they can go to hourglassescapes.com uh, for for more details. And thanks again for listening.